Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here you will listen to the preaching pastors from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray you are inspired by their teachings. We're going to do a second part of a series called Love Listens. Last week, Pastor John and Pastor Brittany did a great job of helping us understand how can we as a church um, listen a little better to what God is saying to us. How do we listen to each other? And uh, I want us to take time to listen today. So we're going to talk about two different ways to listen. And uh, if you have your Bibles with you, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 says this. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Now, the author of the Proverbs write this, but we know as, as the word of God, God has given us this word, asking us to listen to him, to incline our ear to him, I believe the King James says. Another version says, attune your ear, to listen to the things of God and what God wants to say to us. And so before we, before we jump into that, I'm going to take a moment for us to just do that. Uh, will you bow your heads with me and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to be here. Holy Spirit, Come. In these next few moments, we're gonna laugh together, we'll talk a bit, we'll look into your word. But Lord, as we've gathered as your family, we know that sometimes when we gather, we mourn as family. Sometimes we celebrate like we just did with these kids. Lord, sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry. So Lord, in these next few moments, as we look in your word, most of all, we want to hear from you, our Heavenly Father. So we ask again, Holy Spirit, come, speak to us. Apply to our minds and our hearts what you need to. The Lord, as the author of Proverbs said, help us to attune our ear to you, to incline our ear to you, to listen to your words. Help us to hear from you as we learn how to listen to each other. All these things, Father, we ask and we pray in Christ's name, amen, amen. So uh, one of the things we're going to be talking about over the next three weeks, you'll hear this even more. You've already heard it a bit, but you'll hear it even more. Um, it's, a, it's a quote by David Augsburg, um, and it says, being listened to is so close to being loved that to the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. Let me say that again. Being listened to is so close to being loved that to the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. For you to be able to listen, when you listen to someone, what you are saying to them is, I love you. Now, you may not feel like you're saying that, but psychology has shown, sociology has shown that that's what people feel when you listen to. We talk a lot in our society now about being seen, about being heard. You know, I feel like they really saw me for who I am. I feel like they heard me when I was trying to speak. How do we learn to listen? We're going to talk about that today in the home. Um, we learned last week that our kids are listening. You know, Pastor Brittany shared with us some of the exciting things that your kids have shared with her. And that was kind of funny. Um, it's funny to watch parents at some of our Grove City Christian Child Care graduations. Uh, I will say to them, you know, thanks so much for trusting us with your kids. I get to walk through the hallways and talk to them. And so they'll, you know, they know, oh, that's Pastor Down. So they'll come talk to me and they share with me all kinds of things. And what I know most about you from your kids is that you all need Jesus. Um, and so that's really, really important. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about how can you listen better to your kids? How can you 
listen better to your spouse? How can we listen to other generations in our family a little bit better? Um, but some of you uh, guys in here today, um, guys are known for not being able to listen very well because we're fixers. How many guys you like to be a fixer? When people bring you a problem, you want to fix it. Most of the men raise their hand, the rest are liars, okay? I'm going to fix it, right? I want to get this right. But sometimes we just need to learn to listen. So watch this video, maybe you'll start to get it. It's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's gonna stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever gonna stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop would... trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing. You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. No, see, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, out. you're not even listening now. Okay, fine, I will listen, fine. It's just, sometimes it's like, there's this achy, I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. That sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on! Ow. If you would just- Don't! All right, I noticed some of you that did not raise your hand were laughing during that. So you do know what I'm talking about. You do try to do it. You try to fix things. So we're going to do things a little bit differently. A lot of times, uh, I'm the one up that talks all the time, and I'm going to try to model listening this morning. So I'm going to ask questions, and we have here with us today uh, Pastor Caleb Ailshire and uh, Ms. Shauna Suman, who is our early childhood director here at the NAS. And so she deals with our little kids up through... Uh, age five that haven't gone to kindergarten yet. Uh, but she is married to Eric, and they have two little girls, Abby and Ellie. And so there's a beautiful picture. Uh, okay, I can do it all together. Eh? One, two, three. Isn't that sweet? All right, that's great. And so then we have Pastor Caleb and Melanie, and they also have an Ellie as well. And uh, let's get it all out. There we go. And Pastor Caleb is our, our pastor to preteen and middle school students, so fifth, fifth through eighth grade. So he needs lots of prayer as well, because he gets to hear lots of unfiltered stuff from your kids as well. So uh, you need to bribe him um, to keep his mouth shut, I guess, on all those things. But so it's good to have you guys here. And so I'm going to ask you guys um, some questions. Because it seems like uh, when we talk about listening, being loving, that the place that that should happen the easiest or the best should be at home. Yet, sometimes, can I get a witness, it's harder to listen at home. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that and kind of your thoughts on some of that. So first of all, I love being a mom. I'll just mm. go ahead and throw that out there. But... With that, being a parent comes a lot of challenges. You know, we want what's best for our kids. We want to lead them in the right direction. We want to meet all of their needs. 
raising children, you find that sometimes you realize their needs, you can better meet their needs through the act of listening. Um, my two children, Abby and Ellie, 100% biologically related, <laughs> but very different children, just different temperaments, different likes and dislikes. Which behaviors. one do you like more? Which one do I, oh, they're sitting over there. Oh, I don't think I can. <laughs> no. They're voting, they're voting. I'll tell you later. Okay. Um, but so in how I listen to them as individuals makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm, I'm working on as they get older and they come to me more often with different situations. Um, I once learned that as parents, as role models, as leaders of our children, we go through these phases or stages. The first stage is called the teaching stage, where we literally teach our children everything that they need to know. We model well, we show them how to do all the things until they are officially out of that stage, which I would say is probably like high school. I mean, they're in the teaching stage for a while. We are their teachers for a while. Then about high school age, we can kind of let go a little bit, give them a little bit more independence, wouldn't you say, that age? And then we start hoping and praying that we've taught them well, right? <laughs> Then when we're about adults, I think then it's kind of safe to say we can be friends with our parents. We can have that friendship stage. So navigating what stage we're in with our kids at what point in time has got a lot to do with how well we can listen to them as well. So. Okay. Do you see, uh, Caleb, I haven't asked you this question before, but in your ministry, sometimes parents of your fifth and sixth graders or seventh and eighth graders, some of the struggles you see with the kids are because the parents are trying to be their friend rather yeah. than being what they need to be. Yeah, like our, our kids, they, they need to be taught. They need to be mentored. And so it's important for us, like Shauna's saying, is just to kind of identify that. And when we're listening to them, stop and think about what, what stage is that that they're in. Okay, so um, let me ask you then also, when you get home then, you've talked a little bit about um, distractions. You mentioned that word real briefly going by, but so... What are the things that distract us at home? Why, why does that seem to be a huge issue? So for me personally, and maybe you all can attest to this, there's a lot of distractions at home. We've got the TV, we've got dinner to make, chores, we've got our phones, we've got just so many things that we wanna get to that we've, we've been at work all day, so let's get home and do, let's kick back, relax, let's get to those things we have been waiting for. But those distractions get in the way of our children, of our spouses when they need us the most. And the other day, well, it was a couple weeks ago, um, this happened. We came home from school, my girls and I. We have a routine when we get home, the girls flop down their backpacks, they go play with the dog, and I go and start dishes or something. But I had an email that I had to get to, and this email was on my mind the whole car ride home. And I thought, when I get home, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna send that email. And that's what I did. So I go in the kitchen, and I get on my phone, and I start composing the email and I see Ellie come up next to me and she's you know, down here and I can, I can see her there and I can hear her voice, but I don't know Sounds what like she's Charlie saying. Sounds like Charlie Brown's mom? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. I can hear her voice, but I don't know what she's saying. So again, I'm distracted by my email. I send the email, put my phone down and I look at her and she's looking at me like, so what do you say about that? And I had no idea what she said and I felt Terrible. It was an eye-opening moment for me that I let that moment pass me by. Time is a thief and I don't have all this quality time. They're growing so fast. And in that moment though, I said, Ellie, I'm sorry. I did not hear what you said. I wasn't paying attention. Can you say it again? And so it was good for her to get that apology from me and to see me say, okay, let's get it right this time. 
distractions, headspace distractions happen. You know, how was our day? What did we go through while we were away from our family that is blocking how, we're con how we can respond to them now that we're home with them? Yeah. So those are things that we need to be intentional about making space for, headspace and room space. Okay, so be intentional about setting those things aside. Caleb, you've got, you know, I don't, I don't know that um, Ellie is coming asking you, Ellie, asking you lots of questions right now. She's talkative. Oh, she? But she, it's, it's not language, right? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think... <laughs> For me, more so communicating with my wife, Melanie, uh, one of the difficulties that I think maybe a lot of people share when trying to listen at home is that this is your family. This is the, these are the people that you know more than anyone else. You spend all of your time with them, um, and you know them so well that maybe you start to assume what it is that they're about to say. Um, so I don't know if, if anyone can relate there, but like, you know, they walk in the door and they start talking to you and you're kind of like, I, I already know this. And in your head, you, you've already kind of assumed what they're going to say. And I think that that is a, a real barrier to listening because if we're, if we're actually listening, then, then we can't, we have to drop those assumptions, right? Of yeah. what it is that, that someone's going to say. And, uh, Ellie, you know, she, our, our daughter, who's eight months old now, we've gotten to know her so well over the past <laughs> eight months and we even have gotten to know the difference in her cries. I, uh, you know, you, you've got the tired cry, you've got the hungry cry, you've got the dirty diaper cry, and so there's slightly nuanced differences. And so, yeah, I mean, we maybe have to make an assumption and a judgment call of what she needs based off of her cry, but it's even listening to that specific of a detail, um, listening to what it is that she really needs. Um, and so I think as she develops older, and, or as she develops language as she gets older, like those assumptions that we may be able to make now and, and kind of make on her behalf, they're not going to play out the same way later on. And, and as we think about how we communicate with our spouses and with other family members, we have to drop the assumptions of what we think they're saying if we truly want to listen to what they're saying. I'm, I'm still in awe that you can discern the different baby cries. Yeah, there's more of a These dads in here, like... All you know is the baby is crying, right? And yeah, there we go. That just means find mom, right? That's what it means. That's about it. Um, so Caleb's going to be teaching a Wednesday night elective on <laughs> discerning your baby's cries. I think um, my wife should be the one. Oh, she should do that? She okay, taught that'd be me. And yeah. She taught you how to do it. So talk about, you know, Melanie, coming home, you, you're working on your master's degree, doing stuff, and so how do you negotiate some of that time when you're on? Yeah, and... You know, Melanie and I have a great kind of line of communication when it comes to what Sean was talking about, kind of the mental distractions. I am not good at multitasking. If I'm listening to something or reading something, I could not have someone else talking to me or, um, you know, a lot of times I'll be reading and she might be listening or watching something and I'm like, I got to go to a different room. Like I can't focus. And I, I think I've heard someone say that, uh, People who are good at multitasking are really just good at screwing two things up at the same yeah. time, right? Um, so, you know, it's really about having that open communication. If, if Melanie walks in the door and, and I'm working on classes, let's say, and she's wanting to start talking to me about her day, like I have to do one of two things. I can pause and say, you know what? I, I want to hear about your day. I want to listen. I want to give you my full attention. Or if it's something that I'm, you know, really focused on and at that moment, I just need to be intentional and tell her, hey, I'm really trying to get through this class or lecture or whatever it is. Um, can we table this for you know, a, a little bit 
and then I can give you my full attention. I value what you're saying and I want to listen fully to what you're saying. Um, I don't want to assume what you're saying either. So I need to have my focus completely on you. So I think that's a really key is um, being able to recognize, you know, what situation you're in to you know, be able to listen. listen. Yeah. Communicating how you kill us. Okay. So we talked about distractions, assumptions, all those kind of crazy things that get in the way of our hearing well. Um, so do we have answers for those? Um, so I want to ask yeah. you now, do you know, like, you don't have any? Okay, so let's go. <laughs> they don't know any answers. <laughs> Today we're talking about problems. Um, now, how do we, like, are there scripture, are there things that you go to that kind of help you navigate, like, how to do better? You mentioned apologizing. You've talked about, you know, clarifying and saying, hey, uh, not right now. I do love you. Uh, let's do this later. But right now, I'm in the middle of this, and so trying to listen to what each other's needing. But are there are there things we can kind of learn in Scripture that can help us navigate this a little better? You both talked about being intentional, but how? I love James chapter one verse nineteen. In fact, I led a chapel in the elementary um, Grove City Christian School based on this verse alone, and it says, "My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this." And when I read that, I think, okay. Write this down, this is super important. Take note of this. Everyone, everyone must be quick to listen, that was first, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And then it goes on to say, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. But going back to quick to listen, slow to speak, that is so wise. That is so simple, basic, but it is so wise and it is such a great reminder. I feel as though there are times when I do the opposite of those three things and the conversation does not go well, yeah. whether it be with my kids or with anybody, with my spouse. And so it's just a beautiful reminder that when we stop before we speak, we have this space that we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and to guide our conversations, guide our thoughts, let our family member, our loved one talk, and then when the time is right, however we may or need to respond, we're led by the Holy Spirit because we've stopped. Okay, that makes sense. I, I think kind of, I've heard this verse, you know, time and time again, and I think, okay, slow to speak, quick to listen, and then it says slow to become angry, and it's kind of like, okay, well, that seems not related, but okay. And as we were talking about this, I, I realized that it's so intentional to be slow to become angry when we're listening. And especially for parents, uh, you know, as the preteen and middle school pastor, like we said, students will come to us um, and they'll talk to, to myself or Pastor Bailey. Or as you guys heard last week, they do talk to Pastor Brittany about things too. Uh, but they'll a lot of times come to us with things they're going through, problems, emotions, um, just what's happened to them. And a lot of times the first question that we'll ask them is, well, is this something that you've talked to your parents about? And a lot of times the response is, no, I'm afraid of how my parents might respond, react. I'm afraid I'm gonna get in trouble. And you know, we really wanna create an environment in our homes where we're slow to become angry, where our children feel safe, comfortable, they can be vulnerable and honest with us when we're listening to them. And they need to know that we're listening to them in order for them to, to feel that that comfortableness. That's really Plus, important. it's good modeling for them. Right, yeah, exactly. And so I, I think, you know, that slow to become angry part, while it seems just like a, an add-on at first, it really is part of listening. 
is that as parents, are we able to slow our reactions, be slow to anger in order for our, our children to feel comfortable and be honest and vulnerable with us? So that's awesome. So if we can all take the time, like a lot of it's just kind of like stopping, understanding the moments, what's happening. Because usually if I'm surprised, it's like, then all this, all this is great theory. But when the stuff hits the fan, so to speak, you're like, uh, and I react, I respond, right? So uh, in, in Mark, I think there's a story of Jesus one of you had talked about. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Shauna? Yeah, sure. So in Mark chapter five, we see this great example of how Jesus handles distractions. He had just recently casted out demon, cast out demons from this man and, and he was heading towards a city and he, was, got, he had a lot on his plate, a lot on his mind of what just happened. And um, he met Jairus and Jairus asked him to heal his dying daughter and Jesus agreed to it. So he's now, he's got this stuff on his plate. People are all around him because they've heard of his teachings and what he's been doing. So they're curious about who Jesus is. Lots of distractions happening. This woman um, comes into the picture who had been sick for a long time. Doctors could not heal her. She just knew, she had faith that if I just touch Jesus' cloak, I will be healed. And she did. She reached through the crowd, touched his cloak, and in that moment, he stopped. He turned off all the distractions, and he turned and said, you know, who touched me? And um, all the power had gone out of him. She was healed instantly, and in that moment, he listened to her. He knew who had touched him. He knew, but he gave that time and that moment to her. And that's just a beautiful picture of his love and how he shows it time and time again throughout scripture of listening. That's interesting. How do, how, and that becomes something for us to think about a bit. So how do we live at that place where as the distractions come, we can be prepared? Uh, scripture talks a lot about Jesus getting away, being alone, being quiet, and then he kind of lives in that moment a little better so that when in the midst of all the crud, he can still stop and say, okay, you're important right now. Let me, I see you, I hear you, what's going on? And sometimes our family members need that healing too. Yeah. Not that maybe the kind that she had, but different types of healings that they need that we need to stop and give that love to them through listening. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Caleb, I, you got another verse? Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just gonna kind of talk about the, the distractions too a little bit and like, uh, sometimes it's good to have a routine or a practice, something that when you get home, as Shauna was talking about, you know, all the things from work and what, what you needed to get done and things that you're going to have to do tomorrow, like just taking 10, 15 minutes when you get home to just sit and unwind. And, and maybe your family kind of has this understanding, hey, when, when we walk in the door, let's just, you know, take a breather from the day. And then we're able to listen to each other more effectively. Um, I, I was talking earlier about assumptions and, and kind of trying to already guess what someone's going to say. And there's a verse in Proverbs that says, to answer before listening is folly and shame. It's foolish of us. It's shameful of us to, to answer, to have this answer in our mind before we're even listening, yeah. before the person has been, you know, is done talking to us. And I think uh, one thing that I've tried to ask myself uh, when I've caught myself maybe assuming what someone's going to say is, why am I listening? So, you, you know, you're kind of, we've talked a little bit about what the person needs and the stage of the relationship and the type of conversation they need, but also why am I in this conversation? Why am I listening to this person? 
Am I listening to respond? Am I, have I just come up with an answer in my head and I'm just waiting for my chance to speak? Or am I listening to understand this person and, and what they're bringing to, to me, what they need from me? Um, and so if we're listening to respond, then, then we've just made these assumptions and we, we're not really listening at all. Uh, but when we stop and we say, you know, I want to understand, I want to listen to understand, then we, we've got to drop those assumptions as well. Yeah, do you feel like you walk into conversations sometimes where um, you walked into the conversation thinking it was one thing and then, like, this is not the conversation I thought it was in. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'm walking into right now. Some of you are laughing. You've been there before. Um, you know, I'm not talking about, like, define the relationship kind of things. Just somebody's, they've come out of left field. You don't know what's going on there with all that stuff. So any other, any other things y'all want to wrap up, talk about, or what? Well, I did like what you shared with, with how you handled a situation with your, your daughter, uh -huh. when listening to her and trying to understand what is it that she needed and the different types of listening that you had to provide. So, uh, yeah. So this grew out of uh, something that actually happened here at work. I had gotten super busy at work. Things were going really nuts for a long period of time. And I became the typical guy where anybody that came into my office, I'm going to answer, tell me what your problem is, let me give you what I think should happen, and then you can move on. And so um, somebody came in one day and they were, they were talking. They said, you're... I used to just be able to come in here and hang out and talk and you would just listen and you were much more laid back, but now everything's about like this. And so Misty said, um, maybe it would help if when I come in here, there's sometimes I just need to vent, there's sometimes I wanna talk through something, there's sometimes I just need advice. So what if I put it in those three categories? I'm like, that's awesome. It was very helpful for walking through conversations. And so I noticed with my daughter, um, when she was about 15, I think, there was, weird things going on in the house. I did, sometimes she was upset. I had no idea what was going on. I wondered what I just walked into. And so I told her these three things. And so she began to open up conversations with me because I told her um, when she started dating, I told her I did not want her dating until she was like 35 or something. Um, and she's like, you know, dad, this is so stupid. I said, no, you don't understand. Boys are stupid. Boys are dumb and your father is a boy, okay? So I don't, I don't get what's going on here a lot of times. And so as we sat there, I said, uh, she would come in and say, okay, dad, I need to vent. And that was code for, dad, shut up and listen. I don't need you to fix it. I just need to get this off my chest. It's kind of like the nail conversation. Because there was a lot of stuff she was telling me where I'm like, I know what's wrong. <laughs> just let me tell you. But I found as I just shut up and listened, was, man, that's really bad. Man, I'm sorry. Um, that it, that it helped. Uh, the, next, the next one was, Dad, let's have a conversation, which means let's dialogue. Let's, let's talk about it. Let me bounce these ideas off. You bounce ideas off. We'll just talk about this issue. And the last one was, I need your advice. Um, here's what's going on. I need you to tell me what to do. I might not do it, but I want you to tell me anyway. And so that helped our communication a ton. Um, in fact, uh, coming back from London. I was on the airplane yesterday. Brooke had had a horrible day, or Friday. And uh, we're standing on the plane. My phone rings. I had just texted everybody. We landed. My phone rings. Hey, Dad. And so she just starts talking. And I'm like, uh, honey, I'm on a plane. I, you know, I really can't talk a lot right now. We're trying to get off and the plane. And she said, well, um, okay, that's fine. Uh, I, guess, I, I guess I can talk to you later. So I'm like, okay, what's up? What's going on? And she goes, well, I just had a really bad day. I said, you just need to vent? She goes, yeah. I said, I can listen well on the plane. Just vent. So for the next however long it was while we're getting off the plane, I heard about the horrible day. Um, 
And then as we got to the end, I didn't say anything really. And we got to the end, she goes, thanks, Dad. I just, you, you always say the right things. You're so helpful. I didn't say anything. <laughs> Glad I could be there for you, honey. Right? And we moved on. Now, I was thinking when she first called, oh, she's wanting to talk. And I didn't have the space to talk, so I let her know, I don't have the space to talk. But then she said, it's really, I just need to vent. I just need you to listen. So that's helped me a ton. So I don't, so thank you to Misty Moore for helping me put that into context and then applying it to my kids because um, it, it did save me a lot of pain. It doesn't mean we still don't have rough arguments, but it saved a ton of pain. So we sounded like experts up here, like trying to talk to all these. We've got such wisdom. Uh, we've messed things up at times. Um, but uh, there's been some people sitting over here to the side. And so I'm going to ask Barb and Jim Cahoon to come up. And as they come up, come on up, guys. Um, can you welcome Barb and Jim as they come up? We're going to get some chairs. So Barb and Jim have grown kids with grandkids, and so they've been listening with expert ears. Uh, and so they're going to talk to us a little bit. We're going to ask them some questions about, okay, you've heard us idiots talk up here. Uh, what if this, in theory, sounds great but doesn't really work? And so while they're coming, here's what I want you to do for one minute. For one minute, I want you to look. If you're sitting by a family member, I want you to look at that family member and say, how could I listen to you better. If you're not here with a family member, if you came by yourself or you're sitting by just friends and that would be really awkward, um, then take out your cell phone. Think of a family member that you may want to figure out how to talk to or communicate to them a little bit better and send them a text. Just text them real quick. If you're watching online, text a family member and just say, hey, what could I do to listen to you better? And you might want to tell them, I'm in church. They told me to do this so they won't think you're being weird. Okay, just do that real quick. All right? What's funny is somebody was watching and I got a text during the service last time. Hey, Pastor Dale, how can I listen to you better? Okay. All right, you get it, that family member? So don't, don't, I, I forgot to tell you this, don't text someone and say, hey, here's how you can listen to me better. That's not what we're asking. You're, you're, you're trying to listen better, okay? So Barb and Jim Cahoon, good to have you guys here. So you've been listening to us. Um, wax eloquent as experts on these topics. And so I'm going to, I'm going to hand, actually, I'm going to hand it to Shauna and Caleb and let them throw you some questions. And uh, I know we kind, we kind of generally prepared them for this, but not really. And then we talk differently each service. So then they're, they're stuck with new questions. So yeah, I'll go start. guys. So Mike, we kind of talked about distractions, confusion, and assumptions that we make. But some of those things, like especially the distractions part, are things that are more so in a, in a newer generation, devices and things like that. What are some of the difficulties in listening to our families that you've seen have spanned across generations that maybe we, we've missed? In this age of electronics is hard because even if you're in the same room, people have their, their headphones or earbuds on and they're isolated, and you don't know what they're listening to and all that. And so I think with the distractions, um, what we've done is, like with our grandkids, um, they'll be talking about stuff that they've seen on like YouTube or, or whatever, and I have no idea what they're talking about. And so, I mean, because if you're listening, um, uh, if you want to listen to uh, the kids and you don't know what they're talking about, it's kind of hard. So 
I had Jim hook up the YouTube to the TV so we could watch it all together. And then, so then I knew what they were talking about and then we could discuss like the different characters and, and all that. And so if you can't beat them, join them. But you can do it in a good way, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. to, yeah. How long that would change. That would change how some of our teenagers watch YouTube or listen to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, Grandpa, it let's it. throw it up on the YouTube screen here. Let's watch with you. Let's see what's going on. That would be funny. Some of y'all are squirming already, aren't you? That's funny. Sorry. Go ahead, Sean. Okay. How long have you two been married, if you don't mind me asking? When are you asking that? Well, <laughs> this is it. a test, Jim. It's a test. <laughs> yeah, this summer will be 50 years. 50. <laughs> Well, in your 50 years of marriage, I'm sure that you have had many examples of how you love and listen to each other. Do you have any examples that you could share with us and how you can listen well to our spouses and love them well through listening? Yeah, I have one. Um, my dad, who I adored, is, said to me when I was 22 years old, just before I got married, he said, he said, always trust the intuition of a woman. And of course, I thought to myself, no, I really don't want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I stuck it in, in my mind, and it's, it's been good. I, uh, we have a, I have an example where it really paid off for me to listen to my wife. Um, we had two children, and for five years, they were... They went to um, to Mount Vernon Nazarene College, and of those five years, three of them, uh, we had a double tuition to pay. So it was an expensive five years for us. And it came to the point where I really needed a new car. Mine had really given out, and I had given it away to one of my friends. And I knew exactly what I wanted. I had it all picked out and everything. We had saved up. And before I went to buy it, my wife said to me, why don't we just wait on this a little bit? Why don't we just buy a used one instead? And of course, I was disappointed. I wanted a brand new car. But I decided, you know, what my dad had told me, I'm going to listen to her. So one night on the way home from work, I worked, a I worked two jobs. So it was late. And... I was coming home and I saw this car sitting by side the road with a for sale sign on it. So the next day I went back with my wife and she looked at it and it was kind of ugly. It was just a, it looked more like, it was a four door sedan, not something that a young kid wants to drive. <laughs> but my wife said to me, she says, well, I think we should buy it anyway. And it was only $1,200. And I thought to myself, yeah, I'll go ahead and buy it. In a few months, it'll break down, and I'll be able to, to go out and buy my new car. <laughs> well, it didn't work out that way. That car, I got to digging around in the uh, glove compartment of it, and I realized that this car had belonged to the Wayne County Sheriff's Department, and it was fast. <laughs> it really was. In fact, one time on the way home from church, I was sitting at a red light and a kid pulled up next to me in a Camaro 
and he's sitting there revving up his engine, and I thought, I'm gonna show this guy. <laughs> so as soon as the light turned green, I took off and I smoked him. <laughs> we pulled up at the next light, and he looked over to me and he rolled down his window and he says, Mr., what have you got in that? I told him it's a secret. <laughs> so I didn't tell him. Can we, can we pause for just a second? Because I think all the young guys out here heard um, just be quiet and just smoke people. At things. <laughs> what, what they've missed is, the point is, you would not have been able to do that if you had not done what? If I hadn't listened to my wife. <laughs> there, that's the point. That's the point. There we go. See, I'm listening. I'm listening. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. But you know, my... Um, we knew about this assignment that we were going to be up front for about a week and a half and we've been real nervous about it and I've been spending my time doing a lot of listening because of the assignment and my good friend uh, Ed uh, Linville was he and I were in a Bible study together on Monday night and he said something that really stuck with me he says you know that when we pray we should pray and listen. At the, we should listen as much as we pray. And it's, it's true. A lot of times what we do is we'll go and pray about a problem or something like that, and, and we'll give God's all, God all kinds of suggestions on how to fix it. And he doesn't need to hear our suggestions. He knows how to fix it. And it's almost like... Um, taking your burdens to an altar or to the foot of the cross and leaving them there. And then you, when you're done praying, you get up and you pick it up and carry it back with you again. We need to spend the time to listen. And we're not going to necessarily hear an audible voice of him, but if you just be quiet and let your mind work, he will impress things upon your mind that you have never thought of. And it's really true. Let me ask you one last thing. Um, we've talked about listening to our kids. You're, you've been great about talking about how to get into your kids' world and your grandkids' world and know what was going on and listening to your, to your spouse. Um, how could you give us advice on how to listen to the parents and grandparents in our life, those that are older than us and wiser than us, um, how could we listen to you better? I know that sounds, I know y'all are, y'all are very humble. You don't want to tell us how to do that, but I, I do think we need to hear how we can listen to you better. Um, well, this church is, it's, it's a big church and it's hard to get to know people. If you just come like on Sunday morning and sit in the, sit in the congregation and then go home, um, the way um, I, I look at this church like it's a big, huge treasure chest full of amazing people. And you don't get to know the people until um, you join the small groups or uh, join into the activities. Uh, there's a lot of Bible studies and um, classes and just uh, things going on that if you get involved, then you get to meet all these people that I just can't get over how blessed we are. And it's not just uh, like if you go to a class, it's old people telling you what to do. It's like 
This is such a blessing to me to come to a church where there's young people of all ages and they're pitching in and, and teaching the courses. And it's like, wow, it's like our generation, we've got to be willing to pass the torch to the younger generation. And when we see that happening, it is such a blessing to me because I can learn so much from the younger people. And, and it also gives me an opportunity to tell experiences from my life or what I've learned that God has taught me. And just uh, talking with each other is um, it's just fantastic. And if you don't come to, if you don't get involved, you're missing out on great blessings. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. You, you said the other day we were talking, one of the reasons I wanted Barb and Jim up here is um, not only do they exemplify an awesome, loving marriage, but you exemplify how to listen to others, which makes me want to listen to you guys. And so I know you, you had said before, I guess part of the reason I do is I, I've found if I listen to my kids, they tend to listen to me better if I've listened to them. So I, I want to figure out how do we listen to you better? Are you going to say something, Jim? You pulled, you're pulling the mic up there. Well, watching I your guess body I language. Was, it's not answering the question, but it's kind of turning around that um, we can learn so much from our kids and our grandkids if we would listen to them. And in turn, maybe we could get enough wisdom so we can impart it on you. <laughs> I know that um, not too long ago, my uh, granddaughter was um, showing me some things that she had learned in school, and, and I made the remark that, uh, boy, you're really smart. I wish I was as smart as you. And she looked at me, and she says, Grandpa, you can be smart. Just turn off the news and read a book. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to close on that one. That's a great one. Turn off the news and read a book. I mean, that's kind of what we need to do. Oh, my goodness. So as we close up today, I hope you've enjoyed listening, but this isn't going to solve all of our problems, okay? It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to do it. So when you get home, if you want to, um, go to the nas.church slash notes, and there's a place there where these four points that I'm going to give you that I've gleaned as I listen to, to Shauna and Caleb and to the Cahoons, uh, they'll be down here. And, or if you want, if you've got the NAS app, you can just open the NAS app and go to notes and they're right there. So here's four things real quick that we wanted to make sure you got from this. The first one is this, um, get rid of distractions when you're at home. Get rid of distractions when you're at home. Now that's hard to do sometimes. John Mark Comer wrote a book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And in that, one of the things he talks about is getting rid of these things that distract us from one another and really hearing one another and being involved in life. So figure out how to ruthlessly go after putting the phone away, doing this other stuff. My daughter, uh, about two years ago, started this new thing that was, some of you may say this, if I was on the phone around everyone, she would go hang up and hang out. Okay, great. So I've learned how, and so now I tease her because she's worse than me. <laughs> hang up and hang out. Okay, so hang up and hang out. Find a way to get those, rid of those things. Some of you, as you come home from work, um, use your drive home to start getting that stuff off of your mind so that you can be fully present with your kids. I have a friend who, he walks in the house and stops by a tree um, there at his house and takes all of his thoughts and he literally touches the tree 
and says, I'm leaving all of that stuff from work here at the tree before I go in the house to be with my kids, my family, my wife. Um, he said, then when I get up in the morning, I walk back out by that tree, I pick them back up and take them to work with me. But I want to be fully present when I'm at home. So find ways to do that. The second thing, what role am I playing? Okay. In your kids' lives, we talked about, am I the teacher right now? Am I a mentor? Am I a friend? What role am I playing and what role do I need to play in this? There's some times when our kids don't want us to be their teacher, but they're still at the age we have to be the teacher. There's other moments when our kids um, really want us uh, to be their friend and it's not, it's not time to be a friend. So figure out what's going on in that and take time to think and really pray about that. What are you gonna be doing? What's your role? Uh, what is the other person needing? The best way to find that out sometimes is just to ask, what do you need me to be in this moment? Are you wanting to vent? Do you just need me to listen? Um, do you need me to uh, have conversation? Are you wanting to talk about this? I'll talk with you about it. Or are you needing advice? And I would say, my default very often is to give advice. Um, it's been harder for me to say, okay, I'm gonna sit and listen. So make your default sit and listen. If there's a default, sit and listen. And then if they need something, they will tell you they need it. So I know that one hurts. You ready for that one? Okay. Last but not least, Pastor Caleb said, listen to understand. Don't just listen to respond. So instead of listening just to respond, oh, I know what you're saying. Let me, this is the answer. Listen. You, you may find out they're not saying the same thing. So slow down in your conversations with people to figure things out so that you'll be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. So why do we do all this? The bottom line again for why we do all this is because being listened to is so close to being loved that most people cannot tell the difference. Let me say that again. Being listened to is so close to being loved that the average, to the average person, those two things are almost indistinguishable. They can't tell the difference. Try it out. Try listening, like really listening. Not just being in the room, but listening. Um, Pastor Ed walked up to me afterwards. He said one time his son was talking uh, to his mom and um, he was talking to her and talking to her and he said, listen to me, listen. She goes, I am listening to you. He, she, she kept talking, she, he finally said, listen to me, listen to me. And she wouldn't, she was saying, I am listening to you. And so he got up and he grabbed her cheeks. Sorry, sorry, he grabbed her cheeks and pulled her in and he said, you're not listening with your eyes. Mm, learn to listen with your eyes. Would you stand with me this morning, Nass family? As we get ready to go, um, I want you to think about how you're gonna apply this in your home, how this may change your home, how you'll live this out this week uh, to change your relationships, to help people in your house feel loved. And I'm gonna ask Pastor Caleb, if Pastor Caleb would come and bless us out. Hadn't it been good? Would you, would you help me by thanking Pastor Caleb and Shauna and the Cahoons? Being here with us this morning. Pastor Caleb, bless us out this morning. If I don't trip. If you don't trip. Would you all extend your arms in a posture of receiving God's blessing this morning? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace. And whether you're rooting for the Chiefs, the Eagles, or the commercials tonight, watch out for the Naz Youth Flamingos. Get your insurance now. We'll see you later. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at thenaz.church.